Okay, I think it's recording. Oh my gosh. All right, I'm going to do All my little right. intro because I'm not going to cut this later because I'm lazy. Okay. So, <laughs> perfect. Welcome to Hardly Flowering. It's me, Catherine. We also have Ellen here, who is my first and most honored guest. Hello. Ellen, I just could not be more thrilled that you're here. Like, this has been a dream. Oh. Thank you for having me. 21st century technology all the way from Liverpool. Here I am. Oh, yeah. Ellen's in Liverpool. I am clearly on the other side of the pond, but it's so good to talk to you. And today we are talking about Rebecca, the 2020 film that has come out on Netflix. That just came out, yeah. Do we call our Netflix originals films? Yes. I think so. I yeah. Think so. Like, it's just, it's still a film, I guess. Yeah, it's like a feature length. Yeah. Hmm. It's very confusing. But anyway, that is what we're going to talk about today. Just our feelings about it, how they did. Yes. Other people's feelings about it. was beautiful the costumes were beautiful and it and I understand like it didn't present anything new it wasn't anything radical it wasn't super intellectual but I think it was like a nice movie to watch and I think for me and I think maybe Catherine agrees it was kind of like a nice Halloween vibe for us for us people who don't like like gory like spooky stuff and I think it was just yeah and I think it was like just the right level of like spooky weird to kind of be like you know it came out in October it was kind of a nice vibe for that um oh yeah so like I I don't really understand why there's so many bad reviews about it when there's like so many other worse like dumb thrillers or like whatever out there so there are so many dumb movies oh my gosh but yeah I agree like and I think as well like I loved the film but also because it just came at a point where I was really stressed I was starting a new job I just needed to escape for like temporarily to somewhere else and that this film is so good for that right like it's exactly the shots are amazing I mean I'm not gonna like recommend it wholeheartedly because there's too much kissing, which freaks me out. But like, you know that there's too I'm much just, kissing. Yeah, I'm just like, what the heck? Stop! It was too much. <laughs> I don't even remember. I felt like they did a good job with it, like not being too much, though. Yeah, they really did tone it back. Well, the thing is, because they made it, wasn't it like PG-13 or something? I think it was. Yeah, or I think it was like originally R, maybe even. Yeah, but they. No, no, no. The one on Netflix. Yeah, the one on Netflix was 12A. Yeah, see, and that's like. So I think that's. It's nice. I think, I mean, they did that on purpose, I guess, to get a broader audience. But also, yeah. Because it's such a spooky film. Like, oh. And what really got 
me frightened, I guess, is just the sort of moral dilemmas that the characters are constantly in, which is true of the novel as well. That's why it's like a romantic suspense and gothic fiction and all that. But like, what did he? Yeah. Is he a murderer? I can't. And I think like, I was thinking more about that because I was just like, you know, you brought it up and it wasn't really something I had initially thought about when watching it. But then the more I was thinking about it, the more I was like, I mean, yeah, they try to, like, justify his murder with, like, oh, she was a terrible person and stuff. But then at the same time, it's like, what is Lily James to do? It's like a Pride and Prejudice situation where it's like she's super poor. 90 pounds a year was, like, a ton of money for her when she took the the companion job. And so it's like she's now... Yeah, so it's like, like what's her girl. option? Like, she turns him in and has to, like, get divorced or something? Actually, like, though, you know, I was I... thinking about this as well. Because, I mean, she's incredibly naive and sweet, which is why we love the main character, who is nameless. Again, we'll get to that later. But, like, I, what she, what, a, what an unscrupulous person would have done in that moment where, you know, Max is on the, by there by the, the boathouse and he tells her uh-huh. everything and then he's like you could just turn me in they won't do anything to you anyone other than her would have just been like actually plot twist amazing plan I turn in my husband who's a murderer he dies and then I inherit everything <laughs> because you yeah like, you that's inherit. true so like you know there's there's that kind of moment where they're recreating the scene and I don't know if we want to talk yeah. this through linearly but I don't know what was most disturbing to me is the fact I've been well, backstory. I've been binging Miss Marple and Poirot. I've been watching all of them. Oh my the gosh, I love those. Yeah. They're so good. I love, they just could not be better. So I've been watching all of those. And this, you know, clearly there's a lot of similarities. There's the murder trial, there's evidence, there's detectives back and forth. Like, there's a lot of similar visual images and mm-hmm. a similar time frame. And so when we get to the part where Max is on trial, the inquest, um, it just really oh, hit me. Yeah. like I'm hoping that the murderer gets away with it because the story is set up. Oh, that. for sure. Yeah, exactly. Like it's yeah. set up and to support him. And I think like like you know, you and I talked about this. I don't know if anyone else has read the stereotypical novels, oh, but it's yes. like I just, days. Yeah, and I just feel like it just so captured that spirit where everything is just crazy and dramatic and you're rooting for this like toxic relationship and it all works out in the end and it's just like I think that all you know all the reviews I read were just like oh it's it wasn't a new take it was just like Alfred Hitchcock's like it took the book too literally but I thought that it really captured that like over dramatic atmosphere of the novel like it was just crazy and then you're like why am I rooting for this guy to like get away with it and for them to like live happily ever after exactly and that was I read a similar review at Metamask reading the same one it was from like the New Yorker I think where Mm -hmm. the title was like all the wrong reasons to revive Rebecca or something like that and um, Mm -hmm. yeah that's what they were saying they were like this would have been a great opportunity to explore like difficulties of like marriage in the 21st century and like our but that's not what it's about yeah Yeah. and you know it yes you could have redone Rebecca that way but to your point that is not what the novel is about like 
Um, and I've even been seeing yeah. a lot of other people like, I mean, I haven't, I'm not an expert on the novel by any means. I like skimmed, skimmed through it. And I mean, we're just reviewing the film. We're not actually reviewing the book, but I get yeah. why people who are, who love the book so dearly are dissatisfied with the film. And I think primarily their dissatisfaction comes from the character of Max because he's so different. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he's meant to be charming, which he kind of is at first, but then like he he's not really scary at any point like I mean yeah he's just absent and not emotionally available and horrible in every way and like every time she asks him a direct question he's just like haha I will distract you so I never have to answer yeah. your questions but like there's no like fits of blinding rage or yeah like instead of being this like friendly charmer like I, I guess like more passionate in terms of her and his anger he's just kind of there he doesn't yeah. really do too much he, he just like walks much. off occasionally and like he's I don't... Just never around when you need him other than that he doesn't do anything mm-hmm. like that's true well but I, I don't think... know and like oh go ahead oh I was just gonna say like as well he's he's young like he's too young because in the novel, this man she marries is, like, well, old enough to be her father. And, like, that yeah. adds another dimension of weirdness, which this film is lacking, just because the leads are kind of similar in age. Mm-hmm. Which I'm not mad yeah, about. Yeah, like, because, it makes it more, like, yeah, it more kind of bully- I guess down. it's kind of the same as, like, when they make, like, Emma and Mr. Knightley the same age. Oh, or yes. like. <laughs> But then the thing is, like, I do prefer those films because it's so uncomfortable for us as, like, modern viewers to see this and be like, dang, this man could be your Yeah, dad. like, it captures much more of, like, a believable story that you can kind of enjoy watching more rather than just be creeped out the whole time, yeah. I guess. But then again, w- there is, like, would it be good for us to be creeped out in Rebecca? It would definitely yeah. make it, like, not as teen friendly I would say like it would make it it would push it beyond the line for me I was already very very beyond many <laughs> lines with the murder trial like being like oh my gosh like what side am I on if he gets away yeah. with it what does that signify like th- they're just like in love but that doesn't actually make him above the law and like yeah. what about social justice I'm over here like thinking like what would St. Thomas have to say but like <laughs> Honestly, I I thought that so much, and actually reread parts of the Supa being like, oh yeah, oh yeah, St. Thomas would not be happy what about would, any yeah, of Yeah, he would not approve. Like, what about your and I guess, to society, sir? Yeah. So. Yeah, and I think you are so right, I didn't even think about that with the age. It's like, I guess it could have tackled some of those problems a lot more head-on. Like, it wasn't necessarily just two young people falling in love. It's like, it was much more... Yeah. probably more of like a maybe like manipulative more of like an economic decision for her he's yeah. not necessarily a good-looking young guy in the novel so. exactly like he's charming like and I've seen like mm-hmm. the other version the movie of Rebecca with her face Amelia Fox maybe someone like the one who was in the 1995 Pride and Prejudice and played Georgiana, her. Oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. was Amelia Fox. Was yeah. Like, oh, score. I'm going to know. Yeah. <laughs> I never do. But yeah, so like I saw the movie with her, and there they did have the appropriate age gap, and it was creepy because like this 19 year old girl who's dumb and like 
I mean, not dumber than your average 19-year-old, but, like, she's 19, and she hasn't seen anything of the world, and this sophisticated, rich, experienced man, like, does, like, what, their relationship is Yeah, it's ambiguous, like, is he, we're very comfortable with the idea of, like, young, good-looking people falling in love, but what about, like, middle-aged men who are charming, but past their prime, falling in love with beautiful young artists who, like, have no money? And then, yeah, yeah, wow. and I guess that is like, I guess a somewhat stereotypical thing, or like especially for back then too. If you know she's not coming from a great family, it's like that's probably more of a situation she would be in rather than this yeah. one. Well, like, <laughs> a more likely scenario. Yeah, like yeah. Mrs. Danvers. Oh my gosh! Like the initial scene where she's oh, my showing. Goodness. We have to stop calling her the girls. Like, she doesn't have a name, but, like, what can we call her? Does she? I honestly did not even realize that. I I was going to say that when you said that. I completely didn't even realize that. Well, because the thing is, like, you don't realize it. But then I was thinking back because I was making some notes, intending to use them. But obviously, I'm not using them now. But, like, I was making notes. And then I was like, wait, who is she? And then I reread the novel. And I was like, it's in the first person. She has no name. Other yeah, than Mrs. and like they, they exactly like they always just refer to her as Mrs. De Winter. But then that's also Rebecca's name, and I mean, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've been like dancing around this central question, but like, Rebecca does haunt the novel. Like, there's a reason in the film it's mm-hmm. named Rebecca and not the literally unknown name of the main character. Oh yeah, yeah. But like, she is everywhere, and I think is like she lives in the house. And she lives in Danvers, and we get mm-hmm. the creepy scenes where, like, Danvers, like, laying yeah, out her pajamas like, years after I, she's I definitely got, I definitely got the, um, like, Jane Eyre vibe oh, of, 100%. like, she's still there in the house she somewhere. <laughs> I, mean, mean, I mean, she's dead, but, like, she's still there. <laughs> she's definitely still there. Actually, and that kind of is an interesting, like, we're jumping around a lot, but this is how we talk so (laughs) but like what so speaking of the house like Rebecca's ghost haunts the house right it's clear that she's at Manderley and Max like leaves Manderley to escape her finds this new wife Mm -hmm. and then brings her back and then at the the party scene with that horrible red dress and a fiasco I like I had to oh that was so cringy I could not I closed my eyes. I couldn't handle it. I was I, I, I was a coward. Just skimmed out. When like, I rewatched it, I skipped that. <laughs> yes, because you can't watch that. It's too scary. Oh, yeah. my gosh. But, like, so then, you know, after that whole fiasco, Max, again, handles it incredibly poorly. Like, mm-hmm. like I get that you're suffering an incredible amount of guilt because you're a murderer, probably. We can talk about the moral culpability of that later because they played with that in this film, which, again, made me uncomfortable. But, like, then he goes up to his new wife and just whispers in her ear, I should never have brought you here. And, like, that's meant to help? Like, what the hell? Oh, heck, I dude? know. Yeah. Yeah, like, he just feels like a very flat character. Like you were saying, it's like he just handles everything badly. He's not charming. He says all the things to just make things worse. And, like, I don't understand I, don't, I mean, I, mean, I guess like, they were in love. I don't know. They were, but why? And I mean, the thing is, yeah, I yeah. guess the story is about his redemption, right? But then I'm confused about the Maybe. house. Maybe. Right? Because the house. The is, house. Yeah. 
it's the central figure in all of this, right? Yeah, yeah. The house is where Rebecca had her domain. The house was like, the house, Max says at the beginning, the house is my life, right? But then we find out that his life, also literally his house, which is the same thing, is haunted by the ghost of his first wife. And so we sort of exercise her ghost, I guess, when the house burns down. But again, mm-hmm. this is not really what I feel is a healthy response to that. Like, I'm very concerned about this sort of metaphor symbolism that goes on throughout. And then suddenly he comes back from finally being freed of her legally, I guess, if you will, like from the from the inquest. And he finds from that the, tr- the house yeah. is burning, which she has haunted. So, like, does that make him free or does that make him Yeah, dead? that's what I was thinking about, too. And then the fact that it's Miss Danvers who burnt down the house was, yes. like, which, another is, level like, of that henchman in the in the real world like she even like you know the scene with them yeah movies where she, and I think that they were she, together right they were dating yes. like I think. yeah so it was like in this film, I almost anyway. took it yeah in this in the movie in and the it was almost like her I felt like her love for her was I mean obviously I can only imagine it was a toxic relationship if Rebecca was anything like they said she was oh my gosh, and it was Rebecca like is... I felt like Mrs. Danvers like obsession with her kind of like kept her alive and it like yes well, then her burning down the house was like does that mean she's acknowledging Rebecca is dead but also why does yeah exercise like I guess my question is why is what is the purpose of this violence right like like think of like Flannery O'Connor every time there is an act of violence in her stories there is a correlation with like the coming of grace or like there's a reason Mm -hmm. but what is the reason for the house burning down that's what I I'm struggling with and like maybe yeah it was more just but I don't it was more yeah and again like I haven't really read the novel but I guess in this film it just felt more of like a like all right we need to wrap this up let's the trial's over yeah. get rid of Rebecca move on now they're in Egypt and it was just like a Egypt sweep under the really... rug kind of thing yes. because then does Miss Danvers die did she jump yeah. off the into the water that I, yeah like, so it all just suicide. it all just felt like yeah it all just felt super rapid like there was no conclusion it was just like yeah all right he's free so we need to get rid of all this Rebecca stuff move on Exactly. But then also, like, what is he getting rid of about himself? Like, I'm just concerned about what is left of Max, because he is Manderly, Manderly is him. Yes, they were both haunted. I get that. Great. But what is kind of left over? Like, he seems characterless. And especially in that last scene where, Mm -hmm. like, the girl, or whatever, we're naming his new wife, she's like, she has this great moment of reflection and revelation, being like, I'm a new woman now. These experiences have changed me. Here is uh-huh. like what I'm looking for in my life now, and then he just kind of comes along, and it's like, oh, babe, hug, and then like that's. But what are you yeah. other than this relationship, Max? He keeps defining. Yeah, because it really, it really didn't give us a glimpse into his character outside of any of that, or at, like into his personality or anything. Like I felt, um, even like some of the supporting actors, you had like much more of a sense of who they were. And Max was just, yeah. like at the end of it, you still don't really know like, okay, what is he going to be like after all of this? Well, he his life is defined by his relationship with Rebecca. And now he's just switched that to a relationship and now with his new girl. Oh yeah, very true. It's just that 
he doesn't have a life he just is a relationship yeah and I'm like not happy with that yeah and I guess that's kind of what he was like trapped with Rebecca I guess too it's like you know he was saying he didn't want to divorce and ruin their name but it's just because I guess that was how he defined himself was just this like married to this person owning this house exactly and that's still what he's doing all right so Mm -hmm. I will have to uh, we're getting warmed up, but sadly, yes, we will have to start wrapping up. We've been talking for 20 minutes. And maybe I try not to maybe we can long. do a part two at some point. Oh gosh, we need to do a part two. And also we'll have this, to finish. This actually may be hardly flowering. It's just our random conversations. But yeah, to kind of wrap up, I guess, let's just end by like, what was the most, I guess, what was like your one takeaway? What's the one thing you're left with, whether that's a feeling or a question or I guess my feeling was I really like you were saying it was kind of a nice escape movie like I think I liked it because it was it was very simple it was like here's the plot wrapping it up now it's over and I think like Netflix has kind of come out with a few shows like that lately that like people have been I don't know if you've seen any of Emily in Paris but that's kind of another like escapist show that people have been like criticizing like it has no substance but like for me it was very much just one of those movies where it's like enough to kind of hold you in with like the beauty and like the atmosphere but it's not enough to really provoke much thought about like what's happening other than the confusion about his guilt or innocence or like their relationship it doesn't really like stir any like huge dilemmas or like huge questions it was just kind of a nice a nice watch I guess okay yeah and I mean I would agree like I don't know I guess my main takeaway is just like being unsettled but also like I've escaped into a different world which isn't necessarily better but it is definitely prettier because it was gorgeous (laughs) The so. beauty of the of the Cornish novels. Oh my goodness, yes, Cornwall. Is the just Cornwall. The Cornwall and Australia are the only two places for Gothic novels, apparently. Exactly, the scenery really did capture it. That was oh beautiful. Hundred percent. All right. Well, I'm gonna have to let you go, but thank you again for coming on oh, our show. Of course. Yeah. I love your podcast. I'm so happy to be on it. Oh my gosh, you're gonna have to come back just because I like. This was the most fun episode I've ever recorded. Yes, definitely. Just let me know anytime. Oh. I have all the free time in the world right now. Oh my gosh, you are the absolute best. Well, I guess that's going to be it for today. But if there are people listening, if you have suggestions or thoughts, you can comment or email me, hardlyflowering at gmail.com. And yeah, we'll talk to you what did day. you think about Rebecca? Yes, please tell oh, us your God. thoughts. Tell us where we went wrong, because I feel like there's answers to all of our questions. I just don't know them. (laughs) There are, for sure, somewhere. For the people that have studied it out there, there are certainly answers. Yeah, the smarter people, please come let us know. All right, thank you very much.